This is World Lutheran News Digest, an audio news magazine bringing you a look at significant events in worldwide Lutheranism. WLN Digest is produced through the facilities of Worldwide KFUO, a broadcast ministry of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Today on World Lutheran News Digest... I'm World Lutheran News Digest host Kip Allen. Is America in decline? Well, it would seem so. We see families breaking up, lack of civility in everyday life, no sense of community, increasing restrictions on religious liberty, a devaluation of life, and rampant gender dysphoria. Can this decline be stopped? Can it be reversed? A new book titled American Restoration, How Faith, Family, and Personal Sacrifice Can Heal Our Nation examines these problems and proposes solutions to them. In short, the answer is a resounding yes. Tim Gigline of Focus on the Family is one of two authors of this important book, and he's my guest on today's World Lutheran News Digest. And now today's Fast Track. Planned Parenthood of the St. Louis region has sued the state of Missouri in an attempt to block a pro-life law set to take effect at the end of next month. The lawsuit, filed in U.S. District Court in Jefferson City, seeks a temporary restraining order and an injunction barring the state from enforcing provisions of the law that would ban abortions at eight weeks of pregnancy except for medical emergencies. The new law takes effect August the 28th. GOP sponsors of the law, which was approved in May, weaved provisions into the legislation that would ban most abortions at 14 weeks if the eight-week ban were struck down. It would also ban most abortions at 18 weeks if the 14-week ban were struck down, and would ban most abortions at 20 weeks if the 18-week ban is struck down. They also included a provision that forbids abortions if the woman receives a prenatal diagnosis, test, or screening that shows that her fetus might have Down syndrome. The abortion rights group wants the court to strike all of those provisions. Two pro-life activists are in the process of submitting six new proposals this week that would ban abortions in Colorado past 22 weeks, except in cases where the woman's life is at risk. If they pass, they'll be on the ballot for the 2020 election. Their first attempt to pass the ballot initiative was rejected by the Secretary of State's office for a procedural error. There has been an outcry on these new initiatives by pro-abortion activists across the state of Colorado. Alliance Defending Freedom Attorneys, representing a political consulting firm and its owners, filed suit against the city of Ann Arbor, Michigan, in federal court on Monday. The lawsuit challenges a city law that forces Grant Strobel, Jacob Dolzinski, and their company, Think Right Strategies, to promote political messages and causes that contradict their conservative and religious principles. Ann Arbor law prohibits discrimination based on political belief, and that requires Think Straight Strategies to create advocacy material promoting progressive causes and candidates because Think Right Strategies create similar material promoting conservative causes and candidates. Further, the law bans Strobel and Chodzinski from posting statements on their website indicating that their firm promotes only conservative political positions. The law even requires the firm to seek work promoting progressive political positions, yet the firm takes certain steps to contact groups and individuals promoting a conservative cause. Penalties for violating the law includes fines of up to $500 each day a violation occurs. After he finished the final leg of the Tour de France on Sunday, and winning the celebrated bicycle race, Egan Burnell, a Colombian, slowly hugged his younger brother, held his face, 
And then the two of them made the sign of the cross, a traditional gesture that shows one's a Christian and thankful to God for his blessings. Brunel then did the same with his mother, who was standing there. World Lutheran News Digest will be back right after these messages. Listening to Worldwide KFUO on the go with your smartphone doesn't mean you have to walk around with earbuds all day. You can Bluetooth across the room to a speaker system in your home or listen on radios that have built-in smartphone cradles. There are many easy ways to listen to WorldwideKFUO.org on the air, online, and on demand. We proclaim the clear gospel message of Christ crucified for our sins. The messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO. This is World Lutheran News Digest. The work by the I'm World Lutheran News Digest host Kip Allen. My guest today is Mr. Tim Gigline from Focus on the Family, who is also a longtime friend of this program and of the LCMS. Tim has just written a book called American Restoration, where he analyzes some of the problems that we are facing as an American society and poses some solutions to them. Tim, welcome to the program. Thank you so much, Kip. It is uh, always great to be with you. Well, I'm going over your book, Tim, and I think it's interesting to me that you have the chapters arranged to a specific problem on each one. Restoring founding principles, restoring religious liberty, restoring medicine and medical ethics, restoring culture of life, restoring marriage, family, social capital, the concept of a gentleman, that's an interesting one, restoring virtue, restoring education, restoring civility, restoring citizenship and duty, restoring community, restoring the balance between politics and culture, restoring the Constitution, restoring patriotism and sacrifice, and finally, restoring America. Tim, what do you see in this book as being the biggest problem right now facing the United States? Well, thank you for asking, and thanks for going through uh, that, that very important uh, narrative of the book. The bottom line is that America seems to be crumbling from within. Uh, having abandoned uh, our Judeo-Christian uh, principles and values that have been the foundation of our culture, our nation, uh, Kip, in the eyes of many people, seems to be going the way of the great civilizations of the past. And if our 250-year experiment in ordered liberty has really run its course, then it is time to recognize the inevitable, pack up our families and head for the hills, I suppose hunkering down through the dark ages to come. But uh, that is not, decidedly not, uh, my co-author Craig Ostens and my view, because we believe very strongly that there is hope for an American restoration. And thus, the title of our book, American Restoration, How Faith, Family, and Personal Sacrifice Can Heal Our Nation. And we hope that every single one of my fellow Lutherans will get a copy of American Restoration and read it, because it's a book that is rooted in the hope of Jesus Christ. You know, Craig and I have been veterans of the contest of ideas and the cultural battles. And, you know, we have a sense, uh, and I think it's a sense of, 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 you know, millions of Americans, that decadence in our culture is undeniable. But what we seek to do in American Restoration Kip 
is to make the case that an American restoration is not only possible, but it's probable. But we have to act now. And the key is for Christians to engage with the culture and not flee from it. In other words, we have a mandate and a duty to be salt and light that will renew our country and our culture from within. And it is that engagement that must take place, especially at the local level, where real spiritual and cultural transformation occurs. So that is the narrative uh, of American restoration, and that's why we wrote the book. Well, Tim, you've used the phrase that uh, the United States has its Judeo-Christian foundation. Now, I've heard the argument, I'm sure you have as other as well, claiming that this isn't true. I have also heard the argument that while our, while our government is secular, our people are deeply religious and follow those traditions as well. How do you answer someone who says that this Judeo-Christian founding is nonsense? Well, I would say first and foremost that that is ahistorical. Uh, our second president, John Adams, who's one of my favorites, famously said that facts are hard things, and John Adams was right. It's an undeniable fact that America is, at its founding, a religious republic. It is unlike any other country in the world. And you cannot understand the founding of America. You can't understand the pre-founding of America uh, or all of the important chapters of American history without understanding how deeply religion and faith at every single turn informed those chapters of American history. And I want to use just some basic examples. First and foremost, there would have been no American Revolution uh, without the role of the church. In fact, the first speaker of the House of Representatives in American history was a Lutheran pastor from Pennsylvania. You know, he didn't give up his faith to become Speaker of the House. And in fact, uh, he was very close to George Washington, our first president and the the most important uh, general in American history, uh, who was also a man of faith. Uh, You can't understand the Civil War and the entire chapter of what uh, the Civil War means to American history without understanding the spiritual foundations, both North and South, that played an absolutely fundamental role uh, in the Civil War. You would find it uh, impossible uh, to read or to listen to the Gettysburg Address or to Lincoln's first and second inaugural without a basic understanding of the King James Version of the Bible, the Book of Common Prayer, and, and, and what Americans of that part of the 19th century would have understood President Lincoln saying in those great speeches. So, so you know, to be very contemporary, to be very relevant, uh, you know, to, to the book itself, if America returns to its spiritual foundations, then we believe the tumultuous times that we live in, you know, will be seen as a very serious, but, a, you know, but, but, but essentially a detour in American history. And this book, and this is very important to say, Kip, this book is a roadmap for the way forward for the United States of America, because it's a hopeful guide to restoration and to renewal of our country, of our culture, uh, of our civilization. And the important thing to say is that any idea of restoration in America 
at a cultural level is impossible without God's leading and without God's help. And so the, the, the 15 critical components of restoration in American culture, which are covered in our book, American Restoration, they are absolutely laced with, built on the foundation of uh, God's goodness, God's bounty, God's blessing uh, to the United States of America. Your chapter nine, I think, is especially significant in today. It is called Restoring Civility. And I don't think that anyone can observe the news today or even go throughout their daily life without observing that civility seems to have disappeared from our, from our culture. Why is this and how do we restore it? Yeah, I, I'm so thrilled that you have focused like a laser beam on this particular chapter. And I want to take a step back, in, if I may, in answering that great question. You know, government is not going to provide the solutions we need for an American restoration. The solutions will lie in our churches, in our communities, and in our homes. And the light for our path is faith. As that light pierces the darkness, we believe that America will experience a reawakening, a regeneration, and a renewal. And how we disagree in the public square is very important. I was very honored to be invited to give a, a talk about this book, American Restoration, at the Heritage Foundation just a few weeks ago. And uh, this talk was featured actually on uh, C-SPAN's uh, book talk. And in that uh, particular lecture, uh, one of the things that I focused on very deeply was the need and the ability, Kip, that when we uh, disagree in the public square, that we disagree agreeably. In other words, it's very important that on the most toxic, the most poisonous, the most difficult uh, differences that we have in American life, that we are duty-bound as good citizens, and especially as Christian citizens who are honored to live in this country, that we are duty-bound to disagree with grace, and with magnanimity, and with diplomacy. Now, that doesn't mean that we are to trim our sails into, into the way in which we think about public policy or uh, in the way that we express it. But I think doing so with that kind of magnanimity is, is a reflection of the way that God would have us maneuver in the public square. It, it, it is possible to be unapologetic about the principles that motivate us as men and women in faith but to do so in a way that is not a personal attack. We, 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 can, we can criticize and attack ideas, but it's really not necessary that we attack or criticize another's person. I think this is a reflection of how Christians are to engage and to navigate the very difficult issues that divide us in 21st century America. Well, we as Christians should, of course, behave civilly. But what about those opponents of ours who are, are hysterical and will go to vile personal attacks? You know, you don't believe what I'm saying? Well, you're a racist, homophobe, you're, you hate, alien, you hate uh, illegal aliens, you hate everybody. How do you respond to this? I'm so thrilled that you asked that. I really am, especially as a follow-up to your, to, to your question about restoring civility. And I think that this was summarized powerfully by Louis Sarkozy, who we actually uh, quote in the book, 
because he says today any disagreement on any issue means all-out war. He says not mere ideological opposition, but all-out moral and ethical warfare that necessitates humiliation, scare tactics, and reprehension. You know, that is a powerful summation of where in this poisoned political atmosphere, in this era of dissension on very big issues, that's a very good, I think, uh, summation of where we're at. And I think, Kip, that if we're going to restore the country, that we have to internalize that it, that, that it begins with us that it's very important that, that, that as we weigh into issues that are contentious, deeply contentious, like abortion, like same-sex marriage, and by the way, we, t- we, we, you know, we discuss all of these issues in the book, and so, many other, and so many other issues, that as we choose as Christians to weigh in, it's not only important to choose to weigh in and to engage, which is more important than ever, but it's important that as we make that decision, that we also ask, how we are going to do it. And it's very important that we not lower ourselves uh, to those of our adversaries because this kind of cold civil war uh, doesn't serve anyone well. And I don't think that it advances above all the goal of restoring civility in our public affairs. You also have a chapter called Restoring Community. I understand where, where you're going with this thing, the idea of the community and being able to relate to people around you. But this is a society now that is highly mobile. People who are here today are gone tomorrow. How can we form this community when our communities are constantly changing? It's one of the great challenges of, uh, of 21st century America, isn't it? You know, just at the weekend, I was very honored to eulogize a member of our parish who had uh, been born and raised in Washington, who had married here, baptized, confirmed in Washington, married almost 70 years, four children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren. He was a World War II veteran of uh, one of the most uh, difficult and deadly battles in the South Pacific. And during the, um, the, the fellowship time, you know, after the funeral, I was having a lunch with a woman who said to me, she said, how many members you know, of this or any other parish in the country, you know, will we'll, we'll, uh, say that they're going to commit themselves to, to uh, being a really great citizen by staying in the city or the village or the town where they were born, be married there, have their, raise their children there, uh, you know, form a business there or take a leadership role in their community. And, you know, I, I thought about that question uh, a lot since she raised it because uh, it's so important in a time of social media where you can friend and defriend people, where, uh, where it's uh, you know, tempting to say that you can form uh, an entire life based not on, on uh, you know, authenticity and deep personal relationships, but that you can do so by a series of gestures. You know, Kip, this is one of the uh, greatest challenges of our time. And it's why we devote an entire uh, chapter to the idea of how do you actually restore community? And it's concurrent with restoring citizenship and with the idea of civility that you mentioned earlier. This this is one of the the, the absolutely great challenges of our time, and especially in a rising generation of young Americans who have not been raised in the time of continuity, 
for stability or order. And, and forming those deep uh, relationships is the basis of a strong and confident community. Another chapter has to deal with restoring the concept of the gentleman. Now, I'm, I'm going to relate a personal thing here. I always open a door for a woman, always. That's one of the things I was just raised to do. One time, I remember, a woman was offended that I did that. And I retorted a little snarkily, I will admit. <laughs> I said to her, you're flattering yourself, ma'am. I didn't do it for you. I did it to honor the memory of my mother. Mm. I love that story. You know, uh, I uh, must say that of all the chapters in American Restoration, the only chapter that I've been asked about in every single one of the interviews and book talks that I've done has been Chapter 6, Restoring the Concept of the Gentleman. And the reason I wrote this chapter is for a very simple reason. I was raised by a gentleman, my best friend, my dad, and by two grandfathers uh, to whom I was devoted and who were great gentlemen. And and, and the great uh, Anglo-Irish statesman Edmund Burke famously observed uh, Kip that all good things which are connected with manners and civilization have depended upon the spirit of the gentleman and the spirit of religion. I wrote an essay for Focus on the Family four or five years ago called uh, The Idea of the Gentleman. And I did not mean somebody in top hat and tails, you know. Uh, What I meant is a man of of deep character, of integrity, uh, a man who understands that it's important how other people view you. And, And what was so astonishing about that essay is that I was quite literally overwhelmed with emails, texts, and letters, not from other men, but mostly and overwhelmingly from young mothers all around the United States who had read that piece and said that they were deeply concerned uh, as mothers of young boys about how those boys in a coarsened culture and time uh, you know, w- would be brought up. Uh, because as one woman said in one of the letters, all boys will become men, but not all boys will become gentlemen. Uh, and so the central role of strong fathers, the idea of restoring masculinity, the idea, as you uh, outlined in your story, of basic good manners, the ability to relate to other people, and, and above all, how a man treats his wife, how he treats his uh, sons and daughters, uh, the honoring of his parents, the whole idea of the gentleman, which is a cultural issue long before it is a public policy or political issue, uh, has never been more important or more relevant or more timely to the idea of, uh, of American restoration. So it's for that reason that we wanted to focus uh, very strongly on the importance of uh, personal integrity and character and the idea of a gentleman especially in this day and age when there are so many children growing up with an absent father. They don't have the role model of of the gentleman. You know, this is something that we write about at length in American Restoration, and I can uh, easily say that it is our view that this is the single most important issue in the United States today. Yes, it's important that we debate immigration or tax reform or foreign and social security uh, policy. We, we all believe that. But the most important issue in America today is the epidemic of fatherlessness. 
and the impact of broken families, broken marriages, and broken parenting on the health or the illness of our country. You know, there have been so many debates just across the last few years about the breakdown of major urban areas, the breakdown of major rural areas, the breakdown of suburbs and exurbs. And it's typical that after uh, this uh, tragedy happens, uh, whatever it happens to be, whatever social ill it happens to be, uh, experts are asked about their views. And we often get an economic analysis or a socioeconomic analysis, but, but rarely do we have these same experts talking about what is the impact on a city or a town or a village or a region or a county? What is the impact and what is the correlation for that geographical place if you also have high levels of family breakdown and marital breakdown uh, and problems in parenting? And so the restoration of family marriage parenting uh, is, uh, is, is absolutely the central foundation because family is the first pillar of civilization and it will be fundamental to uh, the restoration of America. Well, Tim, we're just about out of time now, but we need to let the audience know how they can get this very important book, uh, The American Restoration, your book. How can they get it? Well, very easily, they can go right on to Amazon.com or Regnery, that's R-E-G-N-E-R-Y, that's our publisher, major publisher. Uh, So the easiest way is Amazon or Regnery. And uh, there's a lot of information out there about American Restoration. Uh, That's all you need to do. Just tap in American Restoration. Uh, And again, the book is How Faith, Family, and Personal Sacrifice Can Heal Our Nation. But I, I really do think that when people go searching for the book and read it, I think they will come away not despairing, not discouraged, but hopeful about what is possible for our country ahead. And American Restoration uh, seeks to enter that contest of ideas, and we hope people will read it. Well, I do too, Tim, and it certainly has been an informative read for me. I want to thank you for being on the program, and I'm sure we'll be talking again in the not-real-distant future. Thank you so much, Kip. Be of good cheer. World Lutheran News Digest may be heard every Wednesday at 2.30 p.m. and again at 9.30 a.m. Saturday Central Time on Worldwide KFUO. It may also be heard anytime streaming online at kfuo.org. Join us again next Wednesday for another new edition of World Lutheran News Digest. I'm your host, Kip Allen. World Lutheran News Digest is a broadcast ministry of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. WLN Digest is produced through the facilities of Worldwide KFUO. You can also listen to WLN Digest on demand at kfuo.org. To correspond with World Lutheran News Digest, email news at kfuo.org.